Blog Talk Radio. This comes to Eye on the Future. We're back on the air after a few weeks um, on hiatus, and we've got a great show lined up for you tonight. Later in the show, we've got Dr. Jean Cirillo, the prominent New York City psychologist who will be taking your calls live with me later in the show. Tonight, not only will you get the very best psychic advice from me, but you'll also get Dr. Cirillo's expert perspective. The phone lines are already open, so give us a call at 646-381-4141. We'll be taking your call shortly. Before we get started tonight, though, I wanted to introduce one half of my new co-hosting team, the very talented actor and voice actor and metaphysical enthusiast, Frank Tadaro. Frank, welcome to the show. Uh, thank you very much, Lady Fontaine. I'm very excited. This is going to be great. Thank you for having me on board. Oh, we are very, very excited to have you. And next week, the other half of our co-hosting team is going to be with us. She's still on holiday out of the country, but she'll be here next Tuesday at 11 p.m. But tonight, we have a very, very special guest co-host with me, a very dear friend of mine, the very beautiful and talented actress and producer, Joanna Sanchez. Hi, everybody. It's great to be here. Happy New Year. Well, we are so happy to have you here, Joanna. I know you're here in New York for a couple of days. And I'm glad that you took a little bit of time out of your busy schedule to be here with us tonight. Thank you. I'm really excited. Well, we're excited to have you, and thank you again. All right. It is now time for Frank Tadero's special report on the paranormal news of the week. (laughs) Thank you very much. Well, it's it's been a crazy couple of weeks. Uh, well, actually, it's been a crazy year. 2009 seemed to have more mainstream media reports of flying hubcaps and things that go bump in the night than any year prior, to, from strange lights over New Jersey, Texas, and Arizona, and circles over Moscow, to allegedly child-filled balloons and spirals in the sky over Norway. 2010 seems to be starting off with a bang in this area, too. Here's a few stories that I saw in the news that stood out to me. Speaking of spirals over Norway, uh, quick recap for those who don't remember. December 9th, a mysterious giant spiral of light dominated the sky over Norway, covering up the entire thing. Witnesses across Norway described seeing spinning Catherine Wheel-style spiral of white light centered around a bright moon-like light star. A blue streaming trail appeared to anchor the spiral to Earth before the light exploded rotating in a big white fire. People were saying in news broadcasts, I remember seeing this on Fox and CNN, that it was most likely a Russian missile test. Naturally, the Russian military denies testing missiles over Norway. However, the reason this comes to mind is because last week, on December 29th, another spiral started making the rounds around the Internet, this time over Siberia. I looked at the video, and it's clear that it is, in fact, a spiral effect in the sky, perhaps not as clean as the one over Norway, but there's a definite similarity. So what's most interesting is that only a short while before this, I think it was October 7, 2009, New Circuit was flooded with reports of this unexplained ring or halo hanging over Moscow's western district. 
Some claimed it was a weather anomaly caused by conflicting fronts. Some say it was a sign from God, and others thought it was Independence Day in real life. Bottom line is it showed up in national news here in the U.S., but was never sufficiently explained away. Surprised that no one seems to have attempted to connect the three incidents. Another story in the news, this one from the New York Times, a fairly reputable news source. Strange lights and disembodied voices plague U.S. Marines at a haunted outpost in Afghanistan. Observation Point Rock sits 100 meters south of patrol base Hassan Abad, where a company from 2-8 Marines are stationed for the last seven months. What's interesting about this article for me is the quotes. Here's one. Corporal Jacob Lima's story is the latest edition. One night he was woken by the, to the sound of screaming. It was Corporal Halleck, a Marine who had since been moved to a unit further south. And the quote is such. He was yelling and begging me to go to the firing point. He was guarding. When I got there, he said he was sitting there when he heard a voice whisper something in his ear. It sounded like Russian. He begged me to stay in there with him until he was relieved from guard duty. After that, he really didn't like standing post up there. There are countless other reports of Marines seeing things in strange lights. They say that the local people say it was a cursed place. Uh, you will definitely see weird, well, expletives, I probably shouldn't say on the radio right now, lights up here at night. Another story in the news. This one is not from a news source, but rather an institution of learning. A student at the University of Northampton has been awarded $3,000, or 1,811 uh, euro, scholarship to complete his studies on telepathy and clairvoyance. Colum Cooper from Mansfield Knott, the final year BSc psychology student, has been awarded the grant from the Parapsychology Foundation in the U.S. He'll be looking into the scientific study and possible existence of psychic abilities in life after death. He hopes to do a Ph.D. research on apparitions and hallucinations in 2010. Mr. Cooper said, and it's a quote from him, My interest in the paranormal begins, began growing up in Nottinghamshire, hope I'm pronouncing that right, where there's a vast amount of history of hauntings. I am constantly involved in the investigation and of purportedly haunted locations with my own research team, and more recently I've been researching phone calls and text messages from the dead. The University of Northampton is home to the Center of Study of Anomalous Psychological Process, C-S-A-A-P-P, with the School of Social Sciences. It is one of the few academic parapsychology research centers within the UK. Now, what I found interesting about this, Lady Fontaine, was I've heard of calls from the dead. In fact, I have a friend who claims that a loved one who has passed on has left messages on their old answer machine. But text messages? Yeah, I mean, that one to me, too, is a little bit um, weird. I've also gotten um, phone calls from the other side, but I, I hmm. doubt they're able to text message. Believable. So that is kind of unusual. Wow. I mean, it kind of makes you wonder, are the are ghosts saying LOL or OMG or using abbreviations? Or or maybe there's altogether new abbreviations on the other side. I don't know. That's uh, well, kind of very think, weird. Yeah, but you figure that the people that have passed over were uh, technically savvy in this lifetime. So maybe, I don't know. I would need to know more about it. I mean, he, that's what he's doing the research on. That That's what this um, scholarship is for, to research um, these communications from the other side? Well, the article made it sound like it was a general parapsychology uh, grant, but that is the project that he's doing, which got him the grant in the first place. So 
it's, it's interesting. It's something that I've never heard of personally, which is why that particular story stood out to me. Um, yeah. But very bizarre, very bizarre. It really is. And that I know you have talked to me before about all those lights, the first the story that you reported. Have there ever been any of these lights seen here in the United States? Oh, oh the, the lights, uh, you mean the spiral lights? Yeah. Um, well, there, um, I, there was nothing in the mainstream news, nothing that I saw. Uh, vague recollection of something in the Midwest, but I, I don't recall right now. Um, I remember when we had this conversation before how I was liking it to almost like simplistic crop circles in the sky, uh, which is interesting because most of those are in Europe or England. Um, but, uh, but yeah, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't remember seeing circles or spirals of, of that nature. I, I just find that interesting that all this stuff is happening outside of the country. And right now, regarding at least those spirals, nothing here in the USA. Uh, well, I mean, we did have like a series of these weird pinprick uh, points of light in the sky. I remember Morristown, New Jersey, in the beginning of the year. Uh, I think it was passed off as uh, weather balloons with flares attached to them. But there were there was a series of lights that uh, made it to Fox and um, well, all the local news channels as well as national ones that were slowly making their way towards Manhattan, and uh, they use it as a color piece. But then after a while, when got more and more uh, people seeing it. It was, uh, it was in the news almost every week. Um, and that's right in our neck of the woods. I know you're in uh, Pennsylvania, and I'm in New York right now. Yeah, no, and I wonder if in a way that is tied in. I mean, I guess we, we won't really know, but, but that certainly is very fascinating, very, very interesting. And I really do appreciate this. I mean, I enjoyed so much hearing these exciting and very interesting stories. Frank, thank you so much. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. The phone lines are open, so give us a call with your questions at 646-381-4141. We will be taking your call shortly. Our guest for this evening is Dr. Jean Cirillo. Dr. Cirillo is a practicing psychologist who's been on many national television shows as a relationship expert. Tonight, we're going to talk about the compatibility between the psychic and the psychological experiences, and later in the show, we're going to be taking your calls. Tonight's show is going to be a little bit different. Not only will you get my psychic advice, but tonight you're also going to be getting the advice and guidance from Dr. Jean Cirillo. Tonight is truly the best of both worlds. On that note, I am thrilled to introduce to you my friend and colleague, Dr. Jean Cirillo. Hi there. Thanks for having me on the show tonight. I'm looking forward yes. to this. Sure. So, it Dr. me so much of when I used to do a uh, television show locally in Manhattan, co-hosting with a psychic and... Uh, she would give the reading, and then, and then I would give my psychological advice, and we'd go back and forth. And it really was, as you stated before, the best of both worlds, because we were dealing with all sides of a person's uh, issues. And I, I really feel it's a fascinating approach, and I'm really looking forward to tonight's show. And I honestly, I mean, we get, call, we get calls on all topics, and I really encourage folks um, you know, to call us on whatever's on their mind right now, whatever's really bothering them or whatever they need clarity on. Because, again, this is a, you know, in a once-in-a-lifetime situation where they can have 
double oh, clarity. Right. Really. Thank you, Soliana. I mean, the double clarity and seeing it from, you know, my eyes as well as from your eyes. What so about I, double trouble? <laughs> well, we'll see how that works out. <laughs> but hey, I still, I'm so excited about tonight. I can't wait to get started with it. But I wanted to ask you, I know you and I have had some conversations offline regarding, you know, the differences and the similarities of psychic and psychological, you know, experiences and phenomenon. And I, would, would you be able to give us from your perspective what the significant differences are between, you know, psychology and psychic phenomenon. Well, I think uh, one of the most significant differences is that the psychic says that the insight, so to speak, let's say if somebody gets a flash, oh, I know, I know about this, or I better take care of that, the psychic thinks that it comes from the outside, from a mystical source, uh, from the universe, from somebody they know who crossed over to the other side, and the psychologist, on the other hand, says that it comes internally from their own subconscious, which could really just be a sum total of uh, a lot of things that they've learned recently or over a lifetime. And that's where this uh, flash of insight or sudden knowledge comes from. So I think it's the outside and the psychic uh, realm versus the inside that the psychologist looks at. I think that's the main difference. Well, I would think that when um, Lady Fontaine makes a prediction and you can back it up with um, cues from their past or psychological cues, it can reinforce a different perspective. But what about... Right, right. Yeah, that's, that's the way we, we should be working together and that's the way I have worked well with psychics. But what about situations where uh, I, and it's happened many, many times on this show and when I'm doing readings one-on-one, -on -one, where I'm picking up something that obviously is out of the ordinary for, for a person. Um, you know, I might say, well, you know, do you know anybody by a particular name? Or have you ever, um, you know, uh, worked at, as, you know, an executive, executive vice president at, you know, an automobile maker or something like that. And they're going, no, no, never. I've never had an experience like that in my life. And well, first of all, there are similarities and personalities between people that work at certain professions. I've been at a party and then had people come up to me and say, are you a psychologist? So am I. Unconsciously, they're picking up on body language or symbols. Now, you as a psychic could be picking up on something somebody says, like, let's say, jogging, from the vocabulary of, a, of an executive of, of an automobile concern. And you could be making a calculated guess now, what, without what even about, realizing it. But what about a situation where I had a client, in fact, uh, Joanna and I had lunch with her the other day. She, uh, she's been a client of mine for a couple of years. Um, she came in to me. She was madly in love with this one guy and, you know, was focused on a relationship with him. And I said to her, well, I see a new guy by the name of Peter coming into your life, and you're going to meet him in a certain period of time. And she was so against it. Oh, I don't want anybody but this guy and blah, 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 blah. Lo and behold, you know, three months later, she meets Peter. Now, how do you well, explain that? Well, you think she might have been a little bit uh, predisposed to anybody named Peter so that she had the antennae out there, so to speak, psychologically or psychically, that when 
a Peter came along, he looked good, and she gave him real consideration as an alternative to her relationship, which she would not have even possibly done if if you hadn't mentioned Peter. Well, she was so close. I think that you could mention Herman, you know. <laughs> I mean. Wow. I, I, some things can't I, be explained. You have to admit that. Hmm? Some things can't be explained. I mean, I've had the closest to psychic experiences that I remember as having psychic dreams where, uh, like, let's say I saw myself getting into an accident with a, with a truck with a blonde-haired girl driving, and sure enough, three days later, I just missed an accident, and I looked up, and it was a girl with blonde hair driving a truck. Now, how do you explain that, a prophetic it's dream? Right. I, I can't, but I have had several, so... Yeah, I know there there are unexplainable things in the universe. I I can't deny that, or I wouldn't be on the show with you if I if I thought it was bunk. Obviously, there's got to be some truth to it. Well, and, if and, I might interject, um, I mean, there's a certain amount of connectivity that everybody has, and it's not necessarily to each other, but it almost seems like to everything that's going to happen or has happened, etc. This is uh, this ether of the universe, I guess, that it probably maybe everybody can tap into only. Some people don't have those filters that other people might have that would stop them off. Psychologist Carl Jung calls that the collective unconscious, that we all have certain memories of our history as, as human beings, and, and sometimes we, we pick up on somebody else's. Maybe but that applies for things that haven't happened yet as well, like that exactly. accident. Right, right. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that, that's scary when, when I, in a sense, break the time barrier. That is really scary. Well, you know, you when, are... you, when you say they'll ping up on, you know, with the, um, uh, well, I call it source. And for me, it's really connecting to source and seeing what flows in. Like when I, when I do most of my readings, 90% of my readings these days are on the phone. And all my clients who know me know I ask for one thing, a first name. So I'm not even sitting there in dialogue with people. Um, I, I'm just jumping in. They're giving me a first name, and I'm laying out everything that I pick up around them. Granted, I, if, they, if they're calling me about a particular love situation or a particular work situation, I don't want to be wasting their time and their money with me talking about, you know, something that happened 40 years ago that might not be of any major importance to them. So it's not that I'm adverse to hearing um, you know, questions from people, but I like to first sort of read a person's energy um, before they lay a lot out. Now, tonight, I'm not going to be doing that. I am going to ask callers to give a little bit more information because, again, Dr. Cirillo, you're not a psychic, and I don't <laughs> want you to have to try to extract things or whatever. I mean, and I feel for radio overall. It just I haven't work. reached that higher level yet, but I did find <laughs> when I co-hosted with psychics, believe it or not, a little bit of it rubbed off on me. Well, you know, I actually feel in the, in the conversations that you've had, I, I honestly feel that you're extremely intuitive. Um, you know, if you realize where that intuitiveness is coming from, I feel in essence it's all coming from source. And whatever words and, and phrases you're using to explain what source is, it's really what's out there. It's that, you know, it's the consciousness, it's the energy, it's the connection, as Frank said, between all of us, and it's out there. I mean, and, and, and some of us have the, all of us have the ability to pick up on it. It's just some of us have sort of learned how to tune in on it a little bit quicker or a little bit easier than others. And I'm going to tell you, I was born with this gift, but 
in order for me to be able to, you know, do readings or come on this radio show and be able to give um, information off the top of my, you know, of, you know, somebody calls in and says, hey, I've got a relationship issue, um, and I don't have, you know, 10 or 15 minutes to be reading their energy. I need to be able to dive in and really get extract from that source everything that I need in a very short period of time. And I've had to train myself to do that. So, um, you know, it, to me, I feel honestly, Jean, that you and I are getting the information from the same place, but we're calling it something different. It may well be so. I would call it my own unconscious, but uh, this Peter principle that you described before when you uh, came up with the name of Peter and then three months later she met that person and she was so attached to her own relationship she wasn't even looking, that that is a little bit spooky. Well, that's where we go to your gift. You know, I mean, there is that topic. Right. You have an amazing gift, and that's where that Right, and and that's not a, a, you know, not to, you know, be tapping myself on the shoulder, but that's not a unique thing. I mean, for me, I, I tend to zoom in on on information. The way I do my readings is I don't just respond to people. I mean, if somebody says, well, you know, what's the future with me and Harry? I'm going to first tell them what I pick up about that they're about their relationship with Harry. So I'm validating for them right off that. Oh, you tell them about George. <laughs> who they George haven't met yet. What? You tell them about George who they haven't met yet. Oh, uh, that yeah, and that if that <laughs> indeed, if that if that comes to you. Right, if that indeed is in their future, absolutely. So so you know I, 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 I really feel, even though we're saying this in different terms, I mean, we are the information. I mean, you're reading from this collective consciousness, which is past and existing information, not anything that's unwritten at this point, right? Right. It's, it's from the, the cosmos, general knowledge that we're all born with, almost, almost reflexive kind of intellectual uh, feelings and knowledge, yeah. What's the, what's the truth? Is? Oh, isn't that tapping into source, which is the same place that I'm tapping into? I guess we can call it source. Yes, Ooh. the S O U R C E, the source, not the not the spaghetti sauce that I love so much. Oh. But that really. But that I'm really disappointed. Is. I thought you said the force. Jeez. <laughs> oh, you did say source, didn't you? Not force. Source. You could call it the force. Frank's force. Frank calls it the force. It courses right. through us. <laughs> you know, it's interesting, you, Gene, you'd mentioned before that uh, you felt like, uh, I don't know if it was a joke or not, but it was rubbing off on you, or you were becoming more intuitive the more you were hanging around someone who had these powers. Um, yes, I was becoming more able uh, to reach into that part of myself that I might have pushed to the side. And, and here I might say I'm reaching into my right brain instead of my left logical brain and just sort of possibly going with feelings that I might have pushed aside in the past as unimportant, that I was learning not to do it. But who knows, it might have been the force or the source. <laughs> See, my, my friend, um, a close friend of mine, just had a beautiful baby girl. And every time I would go to their house, this baby, she would be, uh, I'll say her name, Clara. Hi, Clara. She doesn't understand me, but um, she would look around the room. She would never look at you in the face. Her big eyes just darting all over and stare intently at one specific spot. And her mother 
would say that her family tells her that she's looking at angels. And it's interesting how this infant is staring at something. And, they, you know, there's that old adage about cats and babies that they see things that we can't see. But maybe it is that accumulated knowledge that you learn from the world, a habitual learned thing, that stops us from seeing. So people with gifts are actually people with less of these filters than you I. I think most of us can, can remember. I remember when I was like six or seven years old being much more psychic, knowing that uh, mm. there was going to be a fire drill on a certain day and suddenly the bell would ring or knowing that uh, somebody was going to drop a bottle of Coke and, and it was going to break and suddenly <laughs> it, it dropped. And, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. And that, that left me as I got more and more involved with people and work and, and everything else. And I've heard this from other people, too. Well, I mean, from my perspective, I say that or I feel that um, when we're young and when we're born and when we're young, the veil is still open. And the problem is that... You know, children have imaginary playmates, and they see things, and their parents tell them, no, they don't, that it doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. And my gut feeling is, after a while, we start to believe it. And, and that's where we learn, um, not intentionally, but we learn to close the door so that we're no longer open. I mean, we start denying. Our, our mother or father or both are telling us that the playmates that we have are not real, that the things that we're seeing aren't real, so we believe them. So I feel that actually causes us to start shutting the doors. If shutting the doors means that um, we then have more filters, as Frank was saying, um, you know, obviously that means that we're not able to to tap into that um, what I call intuitive ability to read the energy. I mean, Gene, you had talked about feelings. Um, there's different aspects of psychic. Um, the way psychics read, I'm very much based on hearing and feeling. I hear things and I feel them. Um, at times I see them very, very clearly, but I go very, very strongly with my gut feeling some things. You'll hear me saying my gut feeling is, even when I'm doing a reading, my gut feeling is. I'll lay out everything that I see, I hear, I feel, but I'm going to close it by saying my gut feeling is that, yeah, this is going to lead to marriage. Right. You know, because, you know, bottom line is, and this is something I want to do a show on at some point, is pre-choice. Anything that any psychic says at any time or that anybody tells you at any time can be changed by us. That's why you say probability. Right. I read with probability. There's a great probability. I mean, actually, the way I, with me, if I'm seeing anything like in the 70s or 80s or 90% probability, it's almost a done deal. But let's assume that, you know, uh, that client of mine had met Peter, but she didn't like the fact that he wasn't tall enough, and she walked away from that relationship. That would have been free choice. But I still predicted that that Peter would come into her life. But typically what happens with me is I don't pick up the incidental things. So if Peter indeed, if she was going to walk away from that relationship with Peter, I wouldn't have even picked him up. He would have been something that just sort of went through the wayside as far as energy. Because the one thing that I have the ability to do is sort of determine with the energy that I feel um, where it's going to go. How strong. If, it's, if it's incidental and it's not very strong, I know it's not going to be an important issue in a person's life. So, so you push it aside. You've learned, what, what, you've learned how to thought through, how to sift through your many flashes 
to pick up on the important ones. You're an experienced psychic, you're saying. Well, one, one thing that a lot of people don't understand is that being a psychic is not like reading a book. It really is a matter of interpreting through all the different, you know, channels that, that various psychics use. I, I mean, you know, I use a few things, and I don't mean any, any tools, but as I said, my feeling, I hear things. I was doing a reading the other night, and I was in the process of telling an existing client exactly what I felt was happening, and my guides jumped right in and said, whoa, 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 whoa. They saw it from a totally different perspective, and I, it was funny. I was on a roll just like I am right now, talking a million miles an hour, telling her exactly what was going on, and I go, whoa, whoa, wait, there's a change in the whole plan here. I hear communication right now, but, you know, I knew that that was important because my guides never, ever, I mean, they'll give me words or information, but they just hadn't, they said, whoa, you're, and actually what I was picking up isn't that it wasn't the probable outcome, but there were steps that were happening before that she needed to be aware of that, honestly, I didn't see. So my guides jumped in with it. But, with you know, the I, warning signs of danger. We were just talking about that <laughs> before this show. We were. And if it's danger or even important elements that we sort of need to sort of like um, gifts and lessons and things that we need to experience before we're going to be ready to see at the point. Let's assume their ultimate goal is to end up marrying this person. Well, maybe there are steps that need to happen before that um, in order to get us to the point where we're ready and we're open and we're receptive to taking that next step. So, um, you know, it's interesting to see the different, you know, differences and similarities in, you know, the various perspectives of psychology and psychic phenomenon. But it's something that I've said to you before, Dr. Cirillo, I feel we meet in the middle. <laughs> right. I really do. I feel we're saying basically the same thing. And you yourself, I mean, I know you've had some psychic experiences. So I know that, you know, you're open and you understand the concept of, of psychic phenomenon because, you've, you know, you've experienced it firsthand yourself. Oh, definitely. And, you know, I, I have a skeptical cousin who is uh, an engineer. If you can't see it, it's not there. And he said he doesn't believe in psychics because they're not world leaders and they're not business leaders. And I said, yeah, but you want to hear something scary if you think that way? They, since the beginning of time, they've been used by world leaders and business leaders from the Roman Oracle uh, to Nancy Reagan when she was acting as the president doing her channeling and you know, I mean, everybody, a lot of them, probably, the men probably more than women are a little bit embarrassed and they don't say it, but I, I would think that they have a lot of psychic advisors as well as practical and political advisors. And one reason often psychics aren't leaders that needs to be brought out is that you can't use it selfishly. Like you can use it if the chandelier is going to fall on your baby to go rescue them, but you can't use it to make a lot of money or to take advantage or True psychics can't do that, or you, you lose the ability. Isn't, isn't that true? Uh, that's absolutely true. And people have a hard time in understanding, even doing, um, even aside from that, I mean, how I would love to have the winning lottery numbers. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I've woken up and my guys or someone's giving me lottery numbers and I run down to the lottery office and it's yesterday's not winning numbers. I mean, they <laughs> to coordinate with me the right thing, you know, as far as what it is that I want, but it doesn't work that way. It's not, we're not giving these gifts to, you know, use them for, you know, our own self-profit um, or anything of that nature. We're not. 
Um, and if we have a gift and we don't use it, we are going to lose it. You know, Lady Fontaine, that with great power comes great responsibility, and sometimes the universe will actually help you do that by uh, by exactly the way you're explaining it. We have uh, several callers if you'd like to take a caller right now. Oh, absolutely. All right. First, this is uh, Natasha. She has a question about her relationship. Okay, Natasha. Hello. Hi. You're on the air. I actually have a question about a relationship that don't exist. So I'm more looking for a relationship. Okay. And I wanted to have some insight into that, if okay. you don't mind. So you're basically asking me if there's somebody exciting and dynamic coming into your life anytime. Right. All right. Actually, as soon as you were talking, I'm fine. I'm really feeling this tall, dark, handsome guy. And let me tell you, he's got um, what I want to say a physique to die for, very muscular. Are you into muscular guys? Yes, I am. Yeah, um, it's definitely, I mean, he's out there. I'm feeling he's going to be entering into your life. I'm going to say, and I'm going to give you a, 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 a longer time frame than I sometimes do, but it feels to be um, March to could be middle of June time frame. Um, I definitely, uh, do you live near water because I'm feeling boats or ocean yes. or? Yeah, um, I am. Dean, where's all this coming from? <laughs> That's your gift. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, the tall, dark, handsome stranger um, is what we all hope for. Uh, I'm picking up on, on the loneliness and, and the fact that uh, possibly Natasha needs to get her own interests together and to feel like more of an exciting person herself so that when this tall, dark, handsome stranger comes along, she'll feel ready and she'll feel worthy and that she has enough to offer this person. I think that's one of the real issues that the people you've met, you're not that attracted to and you don't feel worthy yet of meeting uh, or, or holding on to somebody because uh, you need to develop your own interests a little more outside of just finding a relationship. That, that's my I don't know where you are. So right, <laughs> Terrell. You are so right, and I have absolutely been working on myself and getting interest for myself. I absolutely understand that. I couldn't agree with you more. And Lady Fontaine actually taught me that when you want something, it takes it away. And right. If you look up the um, the meaning in any dictionary of the word want. It's lack, lack of. So when you're sitting there really wanting a relationship or really searching for it, you're sending out a very simple message to the universe of lack. And what the universe is not, not just the universe is totally unconditional. The universe hears and feels the emotions and the sending out. So this lovingly, her message of lack and Natasha, we love you for of not having somebody in your life. You're sending out, I want somebody. The message that you're sending to the universe is, I don't have someone in my life. Chris's job is not to that and go, oh, well, this she really needs. She cares to have somebody come in. doesn't do that. It just is feeling of lack and it's been more lack. The best thing to do, like Dr. Pillow had said, basically focus on yourself. Work on right. finding out who you are, developing whatever it is that you need to 
develop as far as interest or, you know, inner work that you need to get yourself to the point where you're feeling wonderful about you and you're radiating love from within. And let me tell you, tall, dark, handsome guy, he's not that far in the future. And I feel, Natasha, that you are working on yourself. I am. I absolutely am. I, I, I have realized that I need to do that, so that that's what I'm doing at this time. I guess I just, I eventually I want to have a marriage-type situation, so I guess I just wanted to know if anybody, you know, if you saw that for me. Well, this person that I feel coming in for you, um, definitely feel it has... Um, as I was saying earlier in the show, I, I read on free choice and everything. Absolutely, the potential to man is there for a long committed relationship. The intensity of the feelings and the emotions push aside, and I can also, um, you know, a really dynamic I'm also, I do have to throw this out. I do feel somebody in your recent past that I still feel you're holding on to in some way, and I that's something that you need to through before you're going to be ready to do it. Okay. 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 All right? All right. Thank you for playing. Okay. Thank you guys so much. Thank you. You're very welcome. Bye-bye. Is there another caller lined up? Yes, there is. Uh, this is um, you're you're breaking up a little bit. Uh, it sounds a little. I'm hearing an echo. Yeah. Yeah. Does somebody have their? Um, I, I'm not sure what it is. I, I mean, I I I don't know I, what. Somebody's I'm got a radio on in the background, and we're hearing ourselves in time delay. Ah. Okay. Okay. Um, stop okay. now. So then that's. No, it's not. It's, it's not. there. Yeah. If anybody has um, the radio show on, can no. they miss it? No. No, I don't need to. No. no. Perhaps it's a, it's a speaker, a speaker phone? I'm on the speaker phone. All right. Well, I... One of our listeners might have the phone uh, or the radio on loud. Um, not they're they're not on yet. They're not on yet. Okay. Okay. Um, it might be our guy. I'm not sure what's going on. Well, you see, you sound better uh, now. Maybe maybe back away uh, a slight bit from the microphone. Okay. Well, next we have next. Next caller, we have Vince. He's got a question about two jobs that he's applying for. Hi. Vince. Um, I'm, I'm, what was the person's first? Vince. Vince. Okay. Okay. Vince, are you on the line? Yes, I'm here. Hey, it's Lady Fontaine. Hi. Um, I I just uh, applied for uh, two jobs. I've been away work for two years. And uh, one of them is at a dairy, and, and that was about two weeks ago. And then I applied for another one just last week, last Wednesday. And I'm wondering if you can see which one I'm going to get. All right, the first job that you applied to two weeks ago, could you give me either a person or something to zoom in on? Um, I'm sorry, I can't hear you. The echoing is really bad. And I apologize. Do you have, could you give me the, could you actually, I need, the, I need, help me zoom in on that. Okay, 
I'm sorry, that I'm time sorry, I didn't do. Do. You want the name of the places that I applied? Did you interview with anybody at the No, not yet. Not yet. Okay, so that was just Vince? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, that was just to me then. Did you actually have an interview? No, I didn't. Okay, so you just or you sent in a resume. That first job, I'm not picking up substantial with that. Um, my gut feeling is that that one is not going to be coming through. The second job that you were within the uh, few days. Right. Okay. Um, I'm going to tell you that one has. So um, I'm actually feeling. Um, feels to me like multiple people interviewing with. What kind of job are you applying to? Uh, just a, a general labor position. Okay. It, it feels to me that, because I'm hearing you so very clearly, um, it feels to me either there's going to be, uh, going to narrow down to the candidates using one of them, potential for somebody else to be like a final candidate, or they're going to be hiring at the same time, or are you going to be interviewing? People. Um, second one that you for on Wednesday feels likely of the two that will manifest for you. Um, how, like I said, heavily into the how yet? It feels to me that with the next, um, say, seven to ten days, hearing back from them with um, either a you or next step. Just Community. Okay. Okay. All right. Um, Gina, Gina, add to that. Well, I was getting the sense Vince sounded like he was a little bit tired or depressed that he's been looking for a long time. He feels down about the economy, and I'm connecting with what you said to the last caller and looking for a relationship, communicating lack. When you apply for any job, you have to communicate, I want, a, I want a job, I want to work for you. Not, I need a job, but I want to work here and I have this to offer. So you have to communicate that they've got some problem, some type of a need, and you're going to fill their life rather than them filling your life. And just think the fact that somebody's willing to work hard and is looking for a job and has good reliability. Think of your good points and go in there. Like, oh, there's no reason why you wouldn't be the best person rather than communicating tiredness and depression. That's what I was talking about picking up on. Okay. Okay. You're, you're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're Okay, good afternoon. Okay, okay. Well, thank you. Thank you. Hello? Hello? Hi. Hi. Okay, well, thank you very much. All right. All right. Thank you very much, Vince. All right. All right. Do we have another call? Uh, we do. Uh, this is Sonia has a question about her career. Hi, Sonia. Hi, Sonia. 
Uh, Colby, you're on the air. I'm sorry. Uh, this is Leslie. This is a question. She has a question about her relationship. Leslie, you're on the air. Hello. Hello. Hello, Leslie. Hi, Leslie. Hi, you're on the air with Lady Fontaine. Well, I can hear myself, I can hear myself now. now. Do you have a radio on in the background? Um, no, I have nothing on Okay, we have you on time delay. So, what is your question about your relationship? Um, yes, my question is me. Um, my husband deployed um about two months ago, um, and we were having a little bit of problems beforehand. But he mentioned that he wanted a separation. Um, he's away since, from home now. He's he's overseas. Yes, he left in okay. the end of October. Um. And since then, things have been kind of up and down with his mom um, and him and his mom running in her mouth and that kind of stuff. But he has mentioned the word divorce. Um, so my main question is, do you see us working things out during deployment or when he gets back or divorcing when he gets back? When did he mention the separation or the divorce? Was it when he knew he was going to be deployed or was it an ongoing thing before his deployment? He mentioned a separation about four days before he deployed. And okay, he tried but did to he know up. he was going to be deployed? Yes. Okay. So did it have anything to do with the fact that you were going to be apart and that he didn't uh, feel happy about being apart? So, so he was, in a sense, looking out for your welfare and maybe not thinking he could be a reliable husband or, or was it something else going on? I get a sense of a combination of things when you mentioned his mother and that there were problems in the a, relationship to begin with. I have a feeling that it was another girl, but he swears up and down that it's not. I think it's an old, really old friend of his, but he swears that they're just friends and they just re-communicated because she broke up with her, boy, her controlling boyfriend. And so I'm not quite sure what's going on there, but um, he swears up and down that there's nothing going on between them and that he just, he's not happy anymore and he's tired of fighting is what his excuse gives me is. Well, I get a sense that they could, he could be considering, not that there's anything physical going on now, but that there could be some emotional uh, ties and that he may be thinking about communicating with her while he's away and or communicating with you and, you know, not feeling comfortable. Um, other than that, if you try to work on the relationship in any way as far as uh, counseling, I don't know, how are you communicating now with him away and when is he coming back? Uh, that's a lot of issues. Well, as far as right now, the only thing that we're doing is telephone, like he'll call when he gets a chance to. Um, and he'll talk to me, and he'll talk to the kids. But as far as that, I mean, that's the only thing that we can do right now. Oh, you have kids? How old are the kids? Four and two. Okay, so you have family ties, and just recently, I mean, to have kids four and two, you were pretty hot on each other. Did anything go wrong within, say, the last three or four years? Mm, no, not really. Okay, not, not that you're aware of. Um, uh, are you working? How is the situation otherwise? Are you looking forward to um, the future no, together, or, or is he going to always have to travel? Like I said, he's in the Army, so I'm a stay-at-home mom, and I stay home with the kids, and I get stuff done, and um, it's easier for us, because I tried working last year. I worked for about six months, and it 
didn't work out because I was basically working for nothing with child care and everything else, um, having to pay for all that. So I've stayed at home, and we've done pretty good as far as that's concerned. But it was just right before you deployed, we just kind of separated. Like, we just kind of got, like, we emotionally separated. Like, it was, you know what I'm talking about? Like, we just became distant. But that feels to me, this is Lady Fontaine, and that feels to me that, that you guys have been in that mode for, uh, to me it feels the pe- for a while. Um, you know, it's coming through to me, I would say, greater than the past year and a half, I feel an emotional distance between the two of you. Is that correct? Um, not on my end, but it may be from him. I'm not sure. I thought everything his, was okay. What is his first name? Scott. Um, you know, my gut feeling is, um, I, I know you mentioned, I, I was listening while you were talking to Dr. Cirillo, and, and I, you know, I, I, I almost feel a female around him. Um, it does not feel to me to be a serious relationship, but it feels to me to be a distraction. I feel, how you said your youngest child was two years old. Because that's about the time frame I feel him pulling away emotionally from you. Um, and I, you know, to me I feel in his heart of hearts he does love you and he is very attached to his family. But I do feel this, um, uh, I don't know, I, I, the word kind of that's coming to me is emptiness in him right now and also very detached from um, from feeling anything. Now, granted, I heard what Dr. Cirillo was asking you regarding, you know, did he ask for a divorce right before he was, you know, sent, you know, uh, sent, you know, on his assignment. Um, and I feel that that was a piece of his own inner fears. But I, I don't know, to me it feels like he's a shell. He's walking around not allowing himself to feel any emotions right now. He feels to me, honestly, to be in... Um, you know, there's a tremendous heaviness in his energy. I can't say he's in a clinical depression, but I certainly feel a lot of emotional turmoil going on in Scott right now. And well, you are not in a protective mode because he has two young children and he's deployed and he's afraid he might get hurt or not come back. And, you know, all this is on his mind. I would suggest that if you can convince him and yourself that you've got to postpone any talk or decision, certainly even even the the consideration of separation or divorce until he gets back and until that part of your life is stable because right now I think he he's literally has to protect his own his self uh, that that uh, something doesn't happen over there and sometimes when you take anesthesia you don't feel pain but you also don't feel pleasure and he's anesthetized himself because he's scared to death of being over there and and having responsibilities a wife and two young children and God forbid anything happens, what would they do without him? And and this is all inside him, and he doesn't really have the skills for dealing with it. So the first thing he's got to do is just postpone any long-term life decisions until that part of his life is stable and he gets back. And then I don't know what the facilities are, but now in the military they do have crisis counseling and ways for people to deal with fears. But you have to be aware that he feels very, very vulnerable over there, and you probably do too with him being there and you being home with young children. You know, I... Go ahead, go ahead. I really want to work work things out, but 
if I mention it to him, he just gets kind of frustrated and that kind of stuff. Well, I would not mention anything to him right now. This isn't the time or place. He's got enough on his mind just to deal with survival issues. But what it feels to me is be supportive, be there. You said the only communication you're having right now with him is when he reaches out to you. I would suggest go back to that loving kind of connection from your end the way you guys were before. Send him, you know, um, whatever, you know, a card, a thought. Um, let him know that you love him. Do reach out to him in some way. Also encourage him to talk. Um, you know, what's on your mind? How do you feel? How are things going there? Not just the surface talk, because it feels to me when he does reach out to you, it's a lot of surface talk right now. Not any real, real emotional or real connection in any way, shape, or form. It feels like basically how are the kids, right, when he reaches out to you? Um, pretty much, yeah. I mean, he'll have days where he'll call and... He'll just be like, hey, what have y'all been up to? What are we all doing? Like, he'll just talk about all of us in general, and then he'll have days where he'll be like, where's the kids? Let me talk to them. And then he'll be like, okay, i got to go by. All right, well, I think you you should encourage him to talk, as Lady Fontaine said, about his own life over there. What's it like? You know, what's the day like? And be receptive to listening. You know, don't ask, even if it's something that's very scary to you, try to be there for him and realize that he's in, in the more vulnerable position because he's there and that he knows that you're there and the kids and you are looking forward to the day when he comes back and you love him and everybody misses him, you, his mother, his, his your in-laws, the, the rest of the family, that this is his support system and he should call you when he needs that support and you do the same to call him with support. In some that ways, you, you, you are doing that or... Okay, so you are doing that. You have access. You can do that. They allow it. Yes. All right. Well, that's the first thought. And then if there's going to be any serious life decisions about uh, the future of your relationship, leave those on the back burner for when you get back together. For now, it's about his day-by-day life and what you can do to make things easier and let him know everything's going okay at home, the kids are okay, you miss him, but... Things are being taken care of, and, and you're looking forward to him coming back. When does he come back, on leave or, or permanently? Um, well, he's, he's going to come back permanently in the end of October if they don't get extended. Um, but he's, he gets a 15-day R&R somewhere, like, in the middle. Good. And I'm, he, he said that it's somewhere around, it's going to be somewhere around, like, probably May or June. So I'm hoping right. he comes back so, like, because his family is in um, Texas, and we are actually living in Washington. That's where we're stationed. So I'm kind of hoping that he comes to Washington with me and the kids rather than going to Texas with his family. Yeah, well, I think you have to let him know that you and the kids want to see him. And when he calls, he shows the family love. He might not be showing the deep love because in one sense he's protecting himself. There's always that sense, you know, this is the woman I love, what if I don't get back? I've got to protect me, I've got to protect her. Even though there's a very low probability, you know, that's the fear is always a very strong guiding uh, force in somebody's life, especially when they don't acknowledge it and don't know how to deal with it. Uh, So you've got to focus on when we get together, we're going to do this. Make some plans so that he will be motivated to come back to you and the family. This is his first family. His family of origin is important too, and 
But one thing you do have in common with them is that that you miss their son and or their brother, and you know you want you all want him back, and you wish him well, and you want to make him comfortable. So focus on working together for his comfort rather than working at odds. Is he going to spend his time off with you or with me? That's not productive, and it'll just add another burden to him. Right now, you've got to be part of the solution, not part of the problem. I, I agree with that. And, and one thing I just want to add from a psychic perspective, I'm really feeling a tremendous potential of you guys working things out. I really don't feel him with one foot out the door. He may I, I feel him very much in an emotional shutdown mode. I, I feel Dr. Cirillo explained what, why and what's going on with him and why he's in that mode right now. But honestly, I feel when he comes back in May or June, he will be coming back to spend time with you. I urge you not to even at that point talk to him about, you know, anything. Just be there. Just, you know, I, I feel work on rebuilding the relationship without even talking about it. Because my gut feeling is if you put him on the spot and you want answers from him, he's going to backpedal right now because he doesn't know what he wants. He's scared. And when I say scared, I feel scared you know, with his situation, um, you know, and, and, and you know, uh, like Dr. Cirillo said, you know, it, it, there's got to be fears involved with this. And I feel, you know, he's, he's feeling vulnerable. He's feeling afraid. And he, you know, I just feel him shutting down emotionally big time. But honestly, I don't feel that this marriage is um, necessarily on its last leg. It doesn't, you know, resonate in that way to me at all. I feel there's still a lot of caring still a lot of love there. He just um, right now has it shut, shut off. But I feel if you do not bombard him with questions or wanting answers from him about fixing the relationship, you're going to get further. Just be there for him. Okay. As you said, it was so great um, to mention Dr. Cirillo you know, and Lady Fontaine that, that she gives him something to look forward to. Mm. You know exactly. Coming home is is going to be a pleasant kind of experience, not uh, an occasion for him to fight with uh, wife and kids and in-laws, and uh, so that he looks forward to to going back. That that certainly won't be the case. Uh, right now, he doesn't know if his life is up or down because he's not his own boss. But the, the government and and the uh, deployment situation can, can change any minute. So it's hard for him to make long term life decisions and you have to let him you have to be the solid rock in his life that uh you know, right now he, he feels is one thing he can depend on and one thing that's stable. Terribly sorry to cut you off. We have uh, just about one minute left. Well, I certainly uh, had uh, had a great time here. Certainly, been uh, felt a great opportunity to give and a desire to give more. Uh, I I think it's been very productive between us and and the callers. I'm sure that there are more people that are would like to have the opportunity. Well, um, Frank, would you um, talk a little bit about what our plans are? Absolutely. If you enjoyed tonight's show. Uh, with Lady Fontaine and Dr. Cirillo, and you'll love their new show beginning in February 2010 called Light Talk with model Kristen Lindquist, featuring Lady Fontaine and Dr. Cirillo, titillating conversation expert advice as Lady Fontaine and Dr. Cirillo take your live call Thursday evenings, 11 p.m., beginning in February 2010.
Watch for details and announcements on Lady Fontaine's show page here on Blog Talk Radio and also on Lady Fontaine's website, ladyfontaine.com. That's L-A-D-Y-F-O-N-T-A-I-N-E.com. Those interested in learning more about Dr. Cirillo, please visit her website at D-R-G, uh, sorry, D-R-J-G-A-N-T-V.net. That's drgenetv.net. And check out her new book, The Complete Idiot's Guide to Self-Testing Your IQ, available in stores now. Next week, the star of A&E TV, Medium, Medium P.I., Psychic Medium Jackie Barrett, returns, returns to the show. Jackie will be joining us to talk about her new show and her mini project she is currently underway. She will be talking to us about her son, too. Don't miss Jackie Barrett next Tuesday, January 12th, 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Those interested in receiving a live psychic reading from Lady Fontaine should visit her website to schedule a reading or a life coaching session. Lady Fontaine is a certified master psychic and certified life coach. Visit Lady Fontaine at ladyfontaine.com again. You can also follow Lady Fontaine on Twitter and Facebook for her latest announcements. Lady Fontaine will also be doing readings in person at Opal Moon in Croton under Hudson in New York on Saturday, January 23rd. If you're interested in getting an in-person reading from Lady Fontaine, please call Opal Moon at 914-788-4955 to schedule an appointment. She's offering a one-time discount for her regular rates for readings done through Opal Moon. Those interested in learn, learning more about Frank Todaro, that's me, please visit my website at franktodaro.tv. F-R-A-N-K-T-O-D-A-R-O.tv. Lady Fontaine, thank you very much for bringing me on board. I'm very excited to see you at the future old. Thank you. I mean, I'm, I'm delighted to have you here, Dr. Cirillo. I agree yeah. with you. I think tonight was a fabulous show. I'm sure that we are turning callers away tonight because we don't have enough time um, you know, I'm so tempted to ask you to come back on this show, even though we're going to be doing another show together. But, um, you know, I'll talk oh, to you. Oh, we are. Okay. It's still streaming, but okay. Um, uh, let me just throw this out. Um, before we do our show, I'll check my schedule, um, Jean. If you have any availability, maybe we could do this again. Well, why not? You know, this time works for me. I don't have too many other things scheduled at 11 o'clock uh, Eastern time on a Tuesday. So. Um, for the next couple of weeks, I do have um, guests scheduled, but then maybe we could fit you in before we go live with the new show. Because I think well, it was great. I really think it was great. Yeah, we do. We got a lot of work done. Really? I felt my energy uh, going out there, so I'm sure that there's a psychic, you know, your hands were getting pretty cold, and a lot of you was being given out there. Um, you know, I, I did not get the name, because we were having so many technical difficulties here with yeah. the phone, so I didn't get the name of that person, that last person, and I, I said, Joanna, and I will come up with some thoughts and ideas, and I'll send it out to you guys tomorrow, and then we could just solidify everything. Sounds wonderful. Right. Thank you again, and I will talk to you all soon. Okay. All right. Bye-bye. Good night, everybody. Good night, everybody. Take care. Bye-bye.